0: and greeted by the phrase when I say hello, and this happens a lot with coaches, by the way, (laughs) for whatever reason, uh, high school coaches, college coaches, when I say, how you doing? And they say, well, I'm above ground and that beats the alternative. It's important to remember that even when things may look not as good as they might have looked the day before. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to light the tower on the horn 1049 1019 am 1260 we're live local and digital on the horn app and at hornfm.com my name is craig way thanks so much for joining us jeff Howe. out today was scheduled uh, um, a little over a week ago or somebody told me he was not going to be able to be in today taking care of some more company business he will be back in tomorrow we'll uh, both be here on friday and um We'll have some things to talk about. Clearly, uh, no no question about that. Our producer, as always, is Cameron Parker. He's here. How you doing this morning, Cam?
1: Craig, we're less than twenty four hours from the first tee shot being fired off at the British Open at Hoyle Lake Golf Club. That's how I you am are excited.
0: You know what? Uh, I I actually have this, and we're go- and and I'm going to run down this a little later. Uh, you and I will have it because uh, I've I've mentioned this before. Folks know that of the four major championships in professional golf this one's my favorite the open is in, and i've been asked many times why uh the whole birthplace of golf mm-hmm. has a lot to do with it um it's a different type of championship uh i think second only to the stanley cup the claret jug is the coolest trophy Ooh. in all of sports That'd be a fun conversation to have. Because you can drink from it yeah. just like you can yeah. the Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup is iconic. It is. It is definitely it's uh, it's the best one. But I think the the Claret Jug is better than the Vince Lombardi trophy yep. in terms of its actual uh not only its appearance and its historical nature, but its utilitarian uh function as well. You can you can drink some claret out of the claret jug if you if you want. Anyway, uh I I pulled up the tea times and 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 we'll go over some of that. So uh we'll uh we'll uh, we'll run down uh some of that some of the th- also uh we'll have our, our Longhorn notebook bottom of the hour more from Sark, from uh uh the completing uh uh Texas High School Coaches Association's annual coaching school. So, uh, <clears throat> we'll uh, you know we'll have we'll have some more uh, thoughts from him. Uh, we do have inconceivable and uh, some some uh, interesting items out of that. There is a fast food nugget or in it, it's not a nugget. It has nothing to do with chicken, but uh, it uh, it is a fast food item coming up, and uh, we're going to talk some baseball. In the second hour, our good friend Gene Watson, our MLB insider, uh, who is assistant general manager of the Kansas City Royals, joins us. You know they had a they had a um, an anomaly yesterday. I don't know if you saw this note, Cameron. Uh, I believe it said uh, ten teams mm-hmm. scored, or was it twelve teams? I think
1: it's twelve teams scoring ten, 10 runs or more.
0: T- twelve teams scoring ten runs or more. First time that's happened since 1894 in modern baseball. So uh, one of those teams, the team with the best record in all of baseball, the Atlanta Braves, lost. They they got beat by the Diamondbacks 16-13 yesterday. So anyway, uh, we'll uh, we'll talk some baseball uh, with Gene coming up in the next hour of the program as well, and uh, we'll have a flex 30 update. So we'll have that. And uh, we'll give away a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, as we do. Somebody called in uh, when Aaron was on just a few minutes ago, uh, wrapping up with uh, Nick Shuley. Somebody called in uh, when they, when uh, Nick and uh, Aaron were giving away some show tickets. I think to the Saxon Pub. They were giving away some tickets. And somebody called in, and Ty was about to take down the information and tell him about getting the tickets. And he said... Oh, no, I was calling in and a copy of the magazine. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> sorry about that. No, sorry, that didn't work out for you there. But you will have an opportunity to say. And, and, of course, we're giving them away online at hornfm.com. So all of that is is coming up. Uh, I, I do want to uh, lead off this morning with... Um, and I, and I know this word has been thrown around and probably stepped on a bit by some folks of late and it's the word update uh but but I do want to uh update folks on uh some situations <clears throat> uh with regard to uh people who work here in the building and some future plans now um th- the reason why I said the stepped on thing as I clear my throat, allergies bother me a little bit this morning, take a little bit of water here, is um, there have been some uh, debate about what has been updated and what isn't updated and what's the the future about what's going to uh, happen with the radio station. And, of course, there was last week's announcement that the uh, flagship radio station broadcast rights for Texas Longhorn Athletics were shifting over to iHeartMedia Austin in town and uh, would no longer be on this, this station. Uh, there was a further announcement later that that mentioned that beginning uh, after August 1st, 101.9 FM and uh, NAM 1260, would continue to broadcast. So, but there there had not been a completion of some of the elements that are going to happen. And some of this also happens to be because there were delicate situations, not only involving currently employed individuals in the building, but also relationships with clients, relationships with other people, uh, and – To be fair, to be completely fair, not everything had, and even as I visit with you here on July 19th, not everything has been finalized and put in place about what the plan is for the Horn going forward. However, there was a a little more clarity about it this morning. I'm going to give you that. Bit of clarity from the station perspective, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about my situation, and and then and then we'll move on from there because I don't want to clog up the the entire show for that because I know a lot of people um, would just as soon be talking about some other things and and uh, not getting it. But I also know, judging from what's happened on the Specs Tax line, which we have always made available to you, and we'll continue to do so at five one two three. Three seven three seven seven six five one two three three seven three seven seven six. There've been questions, a lot of it there, about what's going on. Where to go? In fact, I just had one just a few moments ago, um, and um, and and so that's that's what this is in an effort to do. Um, <clears throat> so the first thing I should do, and if you haven't heard it already, uh, Aaron Hogan read it, read it this morning. I think in the six o'clock hour, and then I think. Uh, either recapped it or read it again, something like that, that also uh, in the 8 and 9 o'clock hour did that. There was conversation about it, and there will be more conversation about it. But I feel it's only fair to those of you who tune in to this portion of the broadcast day, to this program, to give you the same, here's that word again, update, that same uh, status report that uh, was given earlier in the morning where your regular listening habits might not have given you the opportunity to do it, or later on today might not have the opportunity to do it. So uh, this, first of all, is is from the company, and then, and then I'll just try to give you a little bit of an update on a couple other things. All right, this is <clears throat> the statement. Quote, beginning August 2nd, that's two weeks from today, Beginning August 2nd, the Horn will no longer air on 104.9 FM. The Horn will, however, continue to air 24 hours a day, 7 days a week on AM 1260, 101.9 FM, on the Horn app, and at hornfm.com. Regrettably, the coming changes will also include a reduction within our incredibly talented and dedicated staff and bring changes to our weekday and weekend on-air lineups. Austin Radio Network is locally owned and operated, uh, a locally owned and operated radio and media company. Current economic and market realities, combined with rising operating costs, have forced us to make extremely difficult decisions that we believe will allow for immediate stability. On August second, our programming lineup will consist of live local sports shows, national sports talk from some of the top names in the industry as well as local and national play-by-play. To our listeners, clients, friends, and families, we thank you for your unwavering support and statement. Okay, so that's the statement. And uh, I, I think it's probably updated some folks somewhat on things because I know the, the rumor mill had been pretty rife with uh, speculation once the announcement came down about the broadcast rights for Texas leaving uh, Austin Radio Network and the horn, that the horn was completely shutting down. That is not correct. Uh, 104.9 FM is shutting down, and that is also uh, as a byproduct of ongoing conversations about the possibility of an impending sale, and, and that's, that's about all I know about that. Uh, so it will shut down on August 2nd. The 101.9 and 1260, however, of course, AM 1260 will remain on air and obviously the app and hornfm.com. And as it says in the statement, uh, the programming lineup will consist of live local sports shows, national sports talk from some of the top names in the industry, as well as local and national play-by-play. If you um, analyze that one line that will tell you uh, quite a bit about where things are headed. Uh, live local sports shows. It says so. There is a plan in place, or no? There's being <laughs> there is a plan in formation. Put it that way, being formulated uh, for live uh, local sports shows. It says national sports talk. That would probably lead you to understand. Just like we have at night overnight, uh, th- there is going to be some satellite national programming. And uh, and it says as, an, as well as local and national play-by-play. If you examine the local and national play-by-play piece of it, understand there have been high school football on the signal before. Vandegrift, for example, has aired on 101.9 and 1260. And, um, and of course, uh, Cowboys games and uh, things like that. Rangers right now currently on AM 1260. So there's a lot of different things that are still being uh, formulated on all of that, so there, that might answer some of your questions about that. But for many other uh, of of you who had additional questions, and I understand where this is going, um, there are folks who are wanting to know what does this mean for the actual on air day by day show by show staff. It, it's and uh trust me when i say this we had the exact same questions when we started to hear that there was going to be restructuring so that's where that's where a lot of that was headed now uh this is what i can tell you about my situation it would it would be unfair and uh inappropriate for me to speak for anyone else in this building with regard to his particular employment status or hers, for that matter, for the, for those who are part of the, the staff and uh, as well, not just the on-air people. It, so it would not be appropriate for me to say, hey, uh, blah, 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 show that airs uh, on this station isn't going to be around because... Truth of the matter is, there are still some formulative things going on that would involve and could and can and probably will involve current air staff. How much of it? How many? Time will tell. But it would be inappropriate for me to speak for anyone else in this building. But I can speak for myself. You, As you knew last week with the announcement that the University of Texas uh, will be moving its broadcast uh, over to iHeartMedia Austin. It said in the release that I would continue as the play-by-play voice. It will be <laughs> so do the math. My thirty-seventh season on the network. First four years as the studio anchor, ten years as the football analyst working alongside Bill Shoning, and now my twenty-third year play-by-play, and that I would continue in that role. Uh, I'm indebted and grateful to, uh, to the University of Texas and to Longhorn Sports Properties in Learfield for them wanting me to continue in that role, and I do want and will continue in that role. That will happen. On September 2nd, when the Longhorns open the season against Rice, uh, Roger Wallace will join me in the broadcast booth. Will Matthews will be on the sideline. We'll have our regular, intact, football broadcast crew. When we get to basketball, Eddie Orn will join me for basketball season. You know, hopefully, you know, Lord willing, and we're all still healthy and everything's going well. And then we'll have our usual array of outstanding analysts uh, join me on Longhorn Baseball broadcast. Um, and, and the same thing with women's basketball. And, and the, the, there will be a plan going forward as those things are formulated. So uh, toward that end, I'm, I'm grateful and and uh, blessed to have that opportunity. and And I'll continue in that role. This station has been on the air for 13 years plus. I have been uh, fortunate and blessed to be here for exactly half of it. Six and a half. The last six and a half. I started uh, here in uh, February of 2017. I was at a really difficult moment In uh, my personal life, and it's been well chronicled, and and folks know this, I I was only uh, four months removed from losing my wife after a six-year battle with cancer. And it was a a difficult time. And uh, it was made more difficult by the fact that I was calling games, Texas Longhorn games, that were airing on this station while still working across town. And both sides worked together to make it happen. And I was grateful to both sides to do that. But by the time I had gotten to um, January 2017, I wasn't feeling the the buzz that you need to have, the, the feel that you need to have, the excitement to do a daily sports talk show. I wasn't feeling it at the time. I had just lost my wife. I had one kid still in high school and was trying to get him ready for his journey off to college. Uh, I was worried about my family. I was worried about uh, myself. Um, You know, so all of those things were crossing through my mind. And I did not have uh, the desire to continue to do it. The folks here were kind to me. They were good to me. And they gave me an opportunity to first come in and said, we don't We don't want you to do a show. We want you to come in and uh, help us create a relationship with the University of Texas, and we want you to help uh, create a, a programming model for what we would do with our high school football programming. So it was a breath of fresh air. And, of course, obviously, it would be doing the Longhorn Games. So I did And for three years, that's how that rolled. And I was grateful to have that opportunity and clear my mind and and just feel better about things. In March of 2020, uh, well, it was actually even before then. It was probably in January 2020. I was approached about, do you have the desire to do a a show again? And by then, uh, I felt a lot better about things felt better about myself. I had uh, uh, my son in college. Uh, I was almost four years removed away from losing my wife of 30 years. I had and you know the story of the chance encounter of of running in uh, to Linda at that point and we were we were seeing each other at the time and uh, I was in a much better place about how I felt. Uh, overall and said yes and said we're going to start in march 2020 what, what would you think about having jeff hauser co-host and i said that's a great idea and jeff's been a great and fabulous co-host i've, I've enjoyed being with him even though you know i know some folks have have uh, texted in and said where's jeff he's late again he's like he, he works the dude is grinding stuff out and he gets here when he when when he can and and we've made it work and um so i was grateful to that Ironically, we start, and I guess it was—I think four days after we started—that the pandemic shut down everything, and so then we went through all of that together, all of us, all of us here at the station, and all of us as a society. We're going through the pandemic. All through that, once we got to the fall of 2020, we um, we were all kind of stuck together. The summer of 2020, three years ago, was very odd with. Describing, you know, for, for Learfield the, the Madden Championship, so that they had had something up there. So there was some programming content, and we were doing radio shows from our homes. Or uh, I think Aaron was doing his along with uh, Bucky out at the, the Onion Creek Club, and and uh, Rod was uh, out at uh, Steiner Ranch, and Chad was out there, and there was a lot. You know, we were kind of far flung. I had what I was call, calling the Williamson County Bureau up at my place. And we all persevered, and the station persevered. There was, I would say, and I think it's fair to say, irreparable damage done from the pandemic to uh, our, our society and our economy and things like that. There's some things that may never be, and we know will probably never be the same again because of that. Some things maybe might turn out to be a plus as a result of that, but there were some things forever altered. And that happened here as well. And so the last three years, and I felt for our management and our sales staff and our on-air staff about the grind that has happened over the last three years. So eventually we transitioned back into doing this, but the the, uh, the weight of that boulder was was really difficult for this group to the extent that ultimately – they would not, and I'm talking about the ownership and management group, would not be able to continue uh, with the obligations, both financial and uh, programmatically and things of that nature, to be able to continue on as the flagship station for University of Texas Athletics. And so it moves back. Uh, and then they tried for a long time to try to keep things as as regular as possible, but it is at the point now where they are having to make difficult decisions, and by difficult, we're talking about having to say goodbye to some really, really good employees, some very good people. It's happened everywhere. That you know, we we saw it. You know, obviously at ESPN and um, you know Longhorn Network itself, the television network had to had the layoff people and it's happening in uh, the Bally's where I've been doing the high school to so Sports Sports Southwest is just has laid off full-time workers but it's happening more than just the sports broadcasting industry anybody that thinks we're living in a cocoon about that is is mistaken you need only look around to see the difficulties not just from the pandemic but the changing societal um, displacements of things have happened and it's been very it's been difficult for a lot of those people And I feel badly for those because, and here is the reality of it, in two weeks, the shows that you are accustomed to hearing, uh, there's a good chance that they would be in an altered form if they are on air at all. And I'm here to tell you that my time has come. And the time has come for light the tower in a couple of more weeks to no longer be on this radio station. And it's, I can't speak for any of the other shows, any other people, because like I said, there are things still in progress and in works. And I'll leave that to the, they are owed that much the uh, respect and the dignity as employees to tell you about. Their own situations moving forward, um, and and Jeff and I have t- talked about this, and uh, I'm sure you will see social media posting from Jeff, and we'll we'll address it again tomorrow. Uh, but August first uh, will be the final day for light the tower on the horn, so that it'll be the last. It now, for those of you who are asking the other questions, and again, I'm not ignoring any of the questions. I can only answer what I can answer to this point, honestly. Are you going over to the other place? Are you going to do your show over the other place? Are you guys taking over there? The answer one hundred, one thousand percent is I don't know what the future is for me in the area, on the air, other than the most important thing to me, and that is to be your play-by-play voice for those of you who are Texas Longhorn fans. That we know is in place, and I'll be doing that. Beyond that, since these announcements are starting to come out, I've had no conversations with people about that, about people in positions to be anywhere else. I haven't. That's the God's honest truth. But I'm not worried about that right now. Uh, you know, Like I said, the most important thing out of this is that I get a chance to continue on as the play-by-play voice of the Longhorns. That means, professionally, as much to me as has anything has ever meant in my life, and so that's why it's important that I continue to do that. And beyond that, it's a big fat we'll see, <laughs> you know. And and I'm being as honest, one thousand percent as I could be. I am. Uh, and and then, like I said, others here in the building will have their own conversation. If you listen closely on what some of the others the way they phrase things and the way they talk things, you might get a pretty good idea about where the future might be. But but we don't know all the answers to that. And so all I can tell you is what I know about my situation and that of this show. So we got two weeks and and we'll have fun and I'm going to give away magazines, and uh, we're going to have guests. And uh, tomorrow, Linda and I are going to go see Boss Gags tomorrow night at Paramount. So all the return cuts, I'm just warning you in advance, all the return cuts are Boss Gags tomorrow. Just telling you, including an inconceivable. Uh, Friday, Cameron is going to be the latest to do the music survey. We are going to do that. So we will continue forward here for these next couple of weeks. And then from there, don't know what happens there, but I do know this program uh, will have its last airing uh, as Light the Tower on August 1st. So I appreciate your indulgence on that, and it's very nice of you to put up with that. You were owed in as much explanation as I can provide about my situation and about this program. You were owed that much so there it is i i i have uh no access to grind anything like that i've been I've been very fortunate for six and a half years to be here um and now that the time is coming to its conclusion i am it is my responsibility to thank them for that opportunity to thank you for tuning in all this time and for your input. And uh, and then we'll see what the future holds. I know that you'll be able to hear me <laughs> calling Longhorn Games. And uh, that's important. So it won't be far away. Beyond that, we'll see what the future holds. All right. Enough about that. We need a break. When we come back, we have our Longhorn Notebook. We're going to hear from Sark. Uh, then uh, we will also... Uh, have Inconceivable. Gene Watson joins us next hour. So we've got a lot of that coming up. So stay with us. This is Light the Tower. Thanks for your indulgence. This is The Horn, 1049-1019-AM-1260. We are live, local and digital, on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Craig Way and Jeff Howe, Light the Tower. Bozgag's return cuts are tomorrow. <laughs> we're bumping back with it's over. <laughs> Love the song, though. Little Bozgag for here. <laughs> oh, boy. He's 79 and he's still rolling along. So. <laughs> okay. See? There's still a sense of humor in this building. So, very cool. All right. Uh, and and uh, on the Specs text line... At 337-3776. Gambling Fanatic, one of our regular texters, said, can you at le- please at least send me a magazine? You know what? You're getting one. How about that? We'll give away another one. And and, and he's been a loyal guy. So you asked, and this time you're getting one. I know other people said, oh, I want one too." I want to. You're going to have opportunities. We're, we're going to give away another copy today uh, on the show. There will be copies online at ornfm.com uh but gambling fanatic, you're gonna get one you 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 will and uh <laughs> and so so I said i need a, a magazine for you hey, listen, your chances are coming on that um uh, g- great comments thank you uh for those who are, are thanking me for the explanation <laughs> pastor smashers, i am gonna go to my safe place and cry it's a, don't do that, don't do that uh <laughs> uh so. Anyway, uh, hopefully that, that continues to, um, you know, uh, uh, that to explain it to you a little bit and, um, we'll, uh, we'll keep you posted on, on things. Uh, right now it's time for a longhorn notebook. However, Jeff how's longhorn notebook, uh, except Jeff isn't here today, but he'll be back tomorrow. So what we can do is, uh, bring you some more conversation, uh, with, with Sark and, um, uh this is uh, from uh, coaching school when I had the opportunity uh to visit with him it was in it, right there in a uh media situation uh, coming off the podium and, and this was a little bit different uh, this this take um than just talking about his team and Jeff said that he was just um hoping and praying that no one would ask him in a little 10-minute window was all they really had to ask him questions of of Sark about the quarterback situation because we we know what the quarterback situation is, and fortunately nobody did. Uh, And uh, there were some X's and O's related, uh, personnel-related things. But at this time of year, one of the things that I've always done – with whoever the football coach was at Texas, uh, going back even, gosh, even to John Makovic well, when I was at coaching school and and did a conversation with him there, and then obviously with Mac Brown and Charlie Strong and Tom Herman, and, and now Steve Sarkeesian did it, done it the last couple of years and this year as well, uh, visiting with them at coaching school, and it's about the relationship that they have in working with the high school coaches and the challenges the high school coaches have today as well as collegiate coaches like sark and and, and a lot of that came out in the in the division one panel discussion as well but this was uh, a, a few minutes that that i was able to grab there with sark to talk just about the coaching school thing and the relationship with coaches and formulating getting ready for the start of the season when you and i visited during big 12 media days we talked about you know getting guys ready in their off season guys ready and work and things like that. I'm curious to get your thoughts on this particular event at coaching school, the networking that happens with high school coaches, because recruiting, as we all know, is the lifeblood of this. But it's about more than that. It is about more than you getting an opportunity to hear from a high school coach in a you know a far-flung corner of the state or, or other college coaches and the give and take that goes back and forth.
2: Well, I think it's critical, right? <laughs> you already touched on it. Our lifeline is recruiting. But bigger than that, how we kind of promote the high school coach and what he does and, and the responsibility that, that they have is huge to not only our success but the success for every program in the state of Texas quite frankly and I think that's why you see UTSA, Houston you know TCU, Baylor everybody's here, we're all here to, to promote the job that they do internally because um, there's a lot on their plate, the fact that we're trying to get them ready to play The fact that we're trying to get them eligible, the fact that we're trying to get them prepared for a life of college and a life after college. Uh, So there's a lot on their plate. And the fact that we can celebrate them and come here and be part of them here and support them, uh, I think it's a great deal.
0: I'm curious as to uh, your staff, your coaches that you have here. Uh, this is a coaching school, so there's a lot of give and take. Do you like that? With seeing your guys get an opportunity to hear other coaches, be the collegiate coaches, high school coaches, whatever, and the, the sharing of ideas and strategies and things of that nature.
2: I think it's great for them. Uh, I think one, I think it's great for our coaches to to get the platform, to get the stage, and have to do it. You know, So a lot of eyes on you. Yeah. You better know what you're talking about. Um, but two. You're making somebody better. You're giving somebody else a better opportunity to improve their team, improve their program. So, uh, ultimately, I I do love the fact that they get that op and that that we can be here for them uh, in the middle of July as they're getting ready for their season's upcoming.
0: When coaches, high school coaches come up to you, I mean, I'm sure there's questions about uh, transfer portal and there's questions about uh, recruiting and there's questions about scholarships and all that kind of stuff. What, What seems to be the most commonly asked question you get of a high school coach these days?
2: Well, I think the biggest question we get is the concern that the high school kid is not gonna get recruited anymore. And that's not true not from us we recruit the high school kid we want to build our program from the ground up we want that foundation do we recruit the portal yes but it is literally to fill a stopgap, to make sure we fill a void of some issue but our goal just like this year we signed 25 high school kids we signed five kids out of the portal that's what we want. And so they're, it, they're hugely impactful in our program. And that's the, that's the message we want to make sure they get from us of how important they are to what we do and, and the success of the University of Texas and where we're headed as
0: a program. Which leads me to your own team right now. And as you get ready and you're just around the corner from everybody reporting and the start of practice, what's the message that you have right now to your guys even as they finish up their own off-season work and, and start getting ready for what's to come?
2: Well, connectivity, I think, is huge. This time of year, more than anything, is how close can they get? What what does that bond look like? I mean, I think in the summer, that's the time that it happens. They have more free time. Their position coaches aren't around all the time. What does that connectivity look like? And uh, we're on a different level right now. It, it, it's interesting. I, and I've been saying it in everywhere I've gone, and people make a big deal out of this team looks different. It looks different because they act different. And they look and act connected, and that's the part to me that is enjoyable. Uh, doesn't mean we're going to win every game. Doesn't mean we're going to win all the games. It just means that we have a group of guys that love working together, and then we'll challenge one another and push each other to be the best that they can be.
0: Is that also the message for those who the, the media came out of Big 12 Media Day just kind of stunned a little bit by this? All the headlines. Sark isn't shying away from the projections and the media projections of winning the big 12 and all that sort of stuff. And, and you didn't back down from any of that, but you talked about the feeling that you're in the vibe that you got from your guys.
2: Well, that's exactly right. (laughs) Hey, first and foremost, I'm lucky. I get to coach great kids. We, we have awesome kids in our program, whether they're kids that we inherited or kids that we recruited and we're, we're really fortunate. And those guys all have not only bought in, but, Elevated to what our culture is and who we are and what we're about and that's the part i'm more excited about than anything now can we throw a curl route on third and sixth that's what we got to find out can we sack the quarterback on third and seven or fourth and two that's what we got to find out but inevitably that's the part that excites me is like these guys are into it and th- and that's ultimately what we've been trying to create here over three years now and uh I think we have and uh, I'm excited for what it could look like moving
0: forward. Final thing here and it's it's about the newness of a the season. There's so much that's new that going in football season and you know, some some pieces with your staff and new players. All of these things, the newness, is it does it generate excitement for you?
2: I'm so simple, Craig, and you know this about me, man. I'm so simple. Uh, I, I kind of just, what do I need to focus on? What do I need to do? And that's where that's where my, my intention lies. Like, what do I need to do? And my intention every day is when I drive into that building, how am I impacting the people in that building every single day? The coaches, the players, the staff, whatever that looks like. I'm not too concerned about who we're playing. I'm more concerned about what am I doing today to make them become the best player person they can be. And, uh, I think it's working, man. And and that's the coolest part about all this. Like I'm here today to impact people, but that's what I get to do every single day.
0: Appreciate the time. Enjoy the rest of this.
2: Got it. Thanks, Ray. Uh,
0: some thoughts here from Sark and, um, And again, at this time of year, there's going to be less uh, about the X's and O's and more about the relationship things. And and, and he'll tell you, you know, he's into the whole relationship deal as well with these guys. And that's why he talks about the connectivity that's going on uh, with this football team. Uh, And that's that's it's healthy and good to see. So. Uh, that's, uh, that's some conversation with Sark there from uh, coaching school. From that, it was a great uh, Texas High School Coaches Association's uh, coaching school, and uh, so a lot of people had a lot of uh, a lot of great speaking that went on there. Uh, I always come away from it uh, feeling kind of reinvigorated, even with things being uh, the way they are here in this building. And for those of you who tuned in late and said I didn't get to hear it's. Cam will have it posted there. You'll be able to you'll, you'll you'll be able to listen to my explanation. HornFM.com. There you go. You can do that. All right. Up next, we do have Inconceivable coming up, and we'll continue with Light the Tower on the Horn. 1049. 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com. Light the Tower.
1: Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means.
0: Well, um, given today's uh, circumstances, some might uh, lump that into the category as well. Actually, it's quite conceivable in the marketplace, the things that happen uh, there. (laughs) On the Specs text line, Captain Caveman says, Now where else can I be Captain Caveman? Thanks for getting me through some long work days. You'll be missed greatly. Hey, you'll always be my Captain Caveman. (laughs) So... Uh, somebody else asked, will you still be on high school scoreboard live and state championship games? That's the plan as I know it to be right now. So I visited with somebody down in Houston about that. So I think everything is still on uh, uh, in the uh, planning stages there working. So I'm looking forward to that as well. And we'll talk more about that going on. But we've got some other things to get to. Uh, some Someone had texted and said... Uh, if I, I, I think I'm, I've lost it but if somebody said if it, uh can can oh here it is longhorn bear can the horn play and win the 1 billion dollar powerball and get back on and get get everything going on in here uh, which should tell you of course it didn't it didn't happen the powerball jackpot uh, it happened nobody won it on monday so now it's over 1 billion Dollars for the Powerball jackpot that'll be happening tonight. So, uh, you should know uh, a couple of things about it. Uh, here are some realities, disappointing though they may be, about what it's really like to win the deal. Um, uh, according to Business Insider, uh, of course, the, the jackpot prize is over a billion dollars. Uh, and so... Here's, here's some of the uh, things that happen with it. Uh, in reality, obviously, your chances of winning are slim. Um, the, uh, you have a better chance of getting struck by lightning than you do of winning a Mega Millions or a Powerball uh, ticket. Uh, additionally, uh, winning can be life-changing, as we know. There's some precautions to take. You probably should hire an attorney, a tax specialist, and a financial advisor. Somebody said, uh, so they said take a very deep breath as well, because uh, especially if you win something of that size, definitely get some sort of a financial advisor. Sometimes winners, as we know, have to split the prize money. There's more than one winner on those things. Uh, they also say don't get lost in the honeymoon phase that uh, people are on this, you know, unsustainable high and it involves exploring what they want their new lives to look like and um you know create a strategy so you don't you know just waste all your opportunity be prepared to say no to leeches give me leeches in your life there uh cam who if you won the powerball they would be coming at you
1: no because usually i'm i'm probably the leech honestly
0: yeah Okay. All right. Well, I, we're in the, the, the today's the day of full disclosure, so that's good. Sandra Hayes <laughs> of Missouri split a $246 million jackpot with several co-workers in 2006, but she soon found that certain acquaintances were more interested in her assets than her friendships. She said that when she dined out with friends, they would belatedly announce they didn't have enough money to foot the bill. These are people who you'd love deep down, and they're turning into vampires trying to suck the life out of me. So, yeah, Uh, you know, be prepared for that. Consider the impacts on your family as well. Um, When uh, Denise Rossi won a $1.3 million jackpot in 96, she abruptly decided to divorce her husband without telling him about the prize money. Her plot backfired three years later when the court ordered her to transfer every penny of her winnings to her ex-husband, wow! Uh, so there's, there's that. Those are just some of it. Winners, by the way, have a higher risk of going bankrupt, get bankrupt because of poor investments, and many lotto winners end up squandering their money. A Texas man, Billy Bob Harold Jr., yeah, that's a Texas name, won a thirty-one million dollar jackpot ninety-seven. He spent it on things like vacations, homes, and cars, but he also. Obliged too many money requests, he eventually squandered all of his money. Another winner, Michael Carroll, won a fifteen million dollar British jackpot last year, or no, in two thousand two, but lost it all within five years. So, cautionary tales for you. If you if you happen to be one of the ones who win, even if you don't win the Powerball, if you let's just say you win a couple of million, you know, you get match all but the Powerball or something. You want to come, just understand that. You know, could be easy to lose it all if you're not, you know, careful. So you have to, you have to be careful about that. Okay, uh, fast food note for you. Uh, are you a, a uh, Taco Bell guy? I was trying to remember.
1: That. Define guy, I'll go to it, but it's got to be an extreme situation. Okay,
0: all right, a late nighter, and it's around yeah, it's I got
1: one a.m. There's nothing else open, and I'm yeah. just okay with being in the bathroom for a couple hours. Uh,
0: I understand. We uh, we had the uh, the story a few weeks ago. We were talking about how Taco Bell was involved in this litigation with Taco John's. Yeah, the uh, the Taco uh, Midwest based chain. About Taco Tuesday, that they had the phrase trademarked and they were ready to go to court. Well, they were gonna do that. And then Taco Johns told the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office they would abandon its federal Taco Tuesday trademark wow. in forty nine states. They just said it was gonna to cost too much to to fight it. They publicized their petitions to cancel it as part of a marketing campaign claimed Taco Bell did, saying they wanted to liberate the phrase for restaurants nationwide. Uh, They said in the press release, Taco Bell's not trying to take over the trademark. Quite the opposite. Taco Bell's trying to get rid of the trademark registrations. Taco Bell believes that all across the nation should be able to celebrate Taco Tuesday without fear of consequences. That is why Taco Bell has sought to cancel the trademark registrations and free Taco Tuesday for all. So now it's... yeah. I think since they say they freed it, maybe, yeah, it, you know, at least certain times they make it free tacos on Taco Tuesday. That I would be good.
1: Taco John's deserved to let go of that trademark because I had it once, and their tacos include hash browns. Yeah, they do. That's it's not a, not weird a, not it's not a weird deal. It's a weird
0: deal. I remember once Chad Hastings and I were in Lawrence, Kansas, to do a women's basketball game. And it was the only thing open after the game that night. And I think Chad, Chad was pretty hungry and not eating earlier during the day. I think Chad ordered the entire left side of the menu. <laughs> I think. And he had an awful lot. But he, like I, was puzzled that they had kind of the, they're, they're, they're called something else, They're hash browns. Yeah, or some the, uh, rounds or something. Taco rounds or something. I, I don't remember, a potato rounds or whatever. Anyway, so yeah, it, was, it was that. So, um, hey, good news uh, in a modern-day castaway story. I don't know Ooh. if you heard about this. An Australian sailor who spent months adrift in the Pacific Ocean alongside his beloved dog has recounted his remarkable tale of surviving on raw fish and rainwater after finally making it back safely to dry land. Uh, Timothy Lindsay Shattuck, age 54, and his canine companion Bella were rescued after three months at sea by a Mexican tuna trawler that happened to spot the stricken boat in the vast expanse of the Pacific Ocean. He said, I'm feeling all right. He saw it from Australia, so I guess he would say, I'm feeling all right. I'm feeling a lot better than I was yesterday, I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> he uh, had a big heavy beard on. It's kind of Tom Hanks looking, you know, type thing. He uh, got to uh, Manzanillo, uh, which is about 500 miles west of Mexico City to the captain and fishing company to save my life. I'm just so grateful I'm alive, and I didn't really think I'd make it. But he did. He described himself as a quiet person who loves being alone on the ocean, said the odyssey began in early May when he and Bella, a stray he picked up while traveling through Mexico, set sail on a lengthy fishing expedition from the Sea of Cortez, also known as the Gulf of California. Their ultimate destination was French Polynesia. It's a voyage of uh, nearly 3,800 miles, but his catamaran, the Aloha Toa, was damaged by a storm. Several weeks later, it left Shattuck and Bella drifting in a harsh and unpredictable ocean with little hope of rescue. He said he did a lot of fishing and ate a lot of tuna sushi to sustain himself and Bella, but he said his health took a bad turn after encountering the storm. They were eventually spotted in the eastern Pacific Ocean more than 1,200 miles from land. The boat's crew... uh, Provided him with medical attention, hydration, and food. So it's a good story. That's incredible. Yeah. Castaway, modern castaway story, and he lives to tell it. tale. And the dog, too. So that's good. All right. Coming up, second hour of the program. Uh, we'll, we'll run down a few of those British Open tea times also. Gene Watson, our MLB insider, joining us. And we'll give away that copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. We'll do that and more coming up. Second hour of Life the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM1260, live, local and digital. On the Horn app and at hornfm.com.